What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Football Today. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about the latest news in the transfer market. Bayern Munich uh, agreeing to sign Benjamin Pavard from Stuttgart. Uh, he will join Bayern Munich in the summer. Uh, he, the release clause was 35 million euros. So we'll get into everything. We'll talk about the players, the fees, expectations, um, history, everything, and how he can um, improve the team. But before we get into that, again, guys, um, I want to point out, um, thank you guys for all the support, you know, creating this podcast and talking about something uh, we watch, we love. It's been awesome. Uh, the support, the feedback has been great. Um, if you guys can support the channel, also subscriptions on the anchor page of my profile. Uh, you guys can uh, support with subscriptions. Uh, anything else will be do what what you guys do. You know, just supporting and feedback. That's that's great support. You know, uh, love to talk. Love to discuss about football, regardless of what club, what player, tactics, manager. It does not matter. So you guys have been great. Thank you for that. Um, but let's get into tonight's episode of Benjamin Pavard to Bayern Munich. So uh, we've been we've some some of us or have been really. Um, Let's say we've known that this transfer would uh, occur. Um, some of us kind of remember it kind of died down. And, uh, you know, we didn't think, you know, maybe Napoli is getting him, you know. And then all of a sudden, I guess, um, we announced it. Hassan Bravo today announced it in Doha. The thing is, you know, back in, back, I don't know when it was. I think it was in summer um, or a little before that, you know, they said, oh, well, Benjamin Pavard is going to join Bayern Munich in the summer. And then everybody was like, oh, OK, cool. That's great. Um, but, you know, the past couple of weeks, we found out that basically Rafinha will be leaving. This is his last season. Thank you, Rafinha. You've been great. He's been whenever he's been called upon to play. He has been awesome. You know, he hasn't moaned. Uh, he's gone through a quite a few managerial changes and being a squad player he's taking it pretty well so on that thanks Rafa you've been great Benjamin Pavard wow um you know everybody m most people I guess um like him as a player you know his style it's good the fact is that you know some people were worried that he was not playing well this you know this season after the world cup and I mean, he's not playing well, yeah, but Stuttgart is not playing well. So, I mean, how many? How, what's the chance of you as a defender playing well and your whole team is just bottom of the league? So it's pretty hard. Um, if he was a striker, maybe he can score goals and you can see that he's still banging goals in even though his team's doing it. But as a defender, very, very tough. The whole team just looks poor from um, from the goalkeeper all the way up to the striker. So on that, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna base too much on what he's done this season. I'm gonna base what he's going to do, what and what he's done for the national team and for Stuttgart last season. You know, um, from Squawka Football, you know, they tweeted out today that Benjamin Pavar for Stuttgart last season had the most passes completed, with 1,558. He had the most clearances last season in the Bundesliga, 
182. He had the most interceptions, 70 of them. And he had the most aerial duels won. And that kind of, that was kind of weird. I was like, really? Aerial duels won? It's kind of odd. You know, Benjamin Pavard. Because, you know, when you, when you look at him on the TV, you know, it's like he doesn't look strong. He doesn't look physical. He doesn't look tall. He doesn't look practically muscular, you know. Feels like he doesn't go to the gym. He doesn't do weights. So it's kind of weird, you know. He's won a lot of aerial duels. And I was looking at it, and, and then I searched online, you know. He's six foot one. He is... I'm not going to go too much because I don't know if the reliability of the height for Benjamin Pavard and Lucas Hernandez are accurate. But basically, both of them are the same height, six foot, six foot one, you know. Um, so they're not short. I mean, for defenders, for center backs, it's pretty short. But they compensate in different areas. So those stats of last season, Benjamin Pavard, that's pretty, pretty good. You know, Benjamin Pavard, I'm looking at it. Last season, um, he doesn't contribute much in uh, in the scoring category or being involved. You know, he had only one goal last season, and it was 34 appearances. He had zero assists. He also had only two yellow cards all of last season. And then that's pretty shocking. I mean, it's not a bad thing, but it's clearly telling me that he's not he's gonna he's not gonna leave his feet. You know, he's, he's going to be on his feet trying to make a challenge or he's going to be positioning himself um, well to win the ball rather than leaving his feet uh, and getting um, getting stuck into challenges. He's not that type of guy. Although last season he's only had two yellows and the season before that in the second league he had four yellows with half the games played. So maybe, maybe he's changing it up his style. And, you know, last season he had four man of the matches. Um, so that's, that's pretty good, you know, as a defender and it's clearly showing, you know, for, for his, you know, he doesn't get stuck into challenge. So it helps him one side of, uh, one side of the game. His passing is really good, right? He doesn't make much mistakes and he wins aerial duels. So he doesn't give opposition strikers much chance. And then I was looking at it and I was like, wow, last season he's averaging uh, three aerial duels one per game. And he's doing that this season too, even though um, Stuttgart and uh, Pavard himself have been just poor performance after poor performance. Uh, but last season, you know, he, he was averaging three aerial duels one, right? That's, p- that's a pretty good amount, you know, for a guy that's six foot one and, you know, looks like he's 18 years old. But um, he's he's pretty, I guess he's... Um, I don't remember him. That's the fact. It's like I've watched Stuttgart, but I don't remember. Maybe I haven't been keeping an eye on him when the ball goes in and he's winning headers. But I might have to look at that. And it's funny because I've never noticed that. And but he's scoring a seven point one, and that's pretty good. That's a pretty good uh, rating. Um, that's f- as far as last season. Um, and you know, it's it's a it's a pretty good thing when you're looking at it because then you see that um, not only can he pass but you know he can he likes to stay on his feet as I said he likes to play short passes he likes to basically um, link the play from the back to the midfielders and the midfielders could take on the responsibility of carrying the balls to the wingers or um, the strikers 
um, I want to see if he 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 can do. I mean, we've all seen that pass of uh, Stuttgart where he gets the ball from his own half and he just makes a like a razor sharp, um, the ball just going through the air, kind of pass all the way to the striker, and then ended up being a goal. I mean, from from basically when he passed the ball to the striker, um, it was maybe like I don't know, like. 70 meters right something like that so 50 i don't think it was that, that much maybe it was like 50 meters yeah 50 meters not 40 50 meters and the striker basically scored from one touch and that was a pretty ridiculous pass i mean it's on twitter everybody could check it out it's on um it's on youtube and everything so uh, that's in the league last season he was pretty good um you know um th- not getting uh not getting stuck in challenges, you know, making good passes, always being the safe. And it shows because he's also really strong at clearing lines. Um, he might do that too much because um, I've seen him where, I mean, maybe it's because it's Stuttgart, it's different. You're not barring Munich. Sometimes when you clear the lines too many times, you're wasting position, you're giving the ball back. Um, but, I mean, this is not, I'm, I have to look at it as a, as a Stuttgart point of view because Stuttgart are not, you know they're not Dorman, they're not Schalke, they're not Leverkusen. You know they can't they can't string passes together, even though they were promoted last season. Or last season was their first year of being promoted to the um, top flight. Excuse me. So based on that, you know he clears the ball, so he doesn't take any chances. He he clears it and he asks questions later. That's pretty good. So he has that, you know he the model in his head is always okay. I'm gonna try to get the risk. Out of the area, I want to try to, you know, clear the ball. I won't let them even have a slight chance. I'll just deal with the corner or, you know, give the ball back to them. Just get the ball out of our box. So I like that. You know, he's prepared. He has it inside him, you know, in his brain, in his locker to, you know, take the danger out of the game. We'll worry about it later. We'll ask questions later. So that's that's perfect. The one thing I love about Pivart is that, you know, when you look at it, he's played right back, right? He's played center back, center back being his main position. So he could play center back and he's played center back for uh, for Stuttgart, excuse me. And he's played right back for Stuttgart. And he's also played defensive midfield. That is, um, those three positions, I mean, I wouldn't say defensive midfield is probably his, I don't know, greatest position. I mean, I wouldn't say that, but the fact that the fact that uh, he played there, uh, defensive midfield, it shows that, you may, I mean, maybe he, he can play. I mean, we might not need him to play. We're obviously not going to need him. We have plenty of midfielders. But the fact is that he can play three positions, um, two being very well. The third one, we'll have to still see if he can do it decent enough for him to get even a few games in if there's an injury crisis or the rotation or anything like that. So him being versatile is the key. That is the model right now at Bayern Munich. You know, you have Kimmich, he's versatile. You got uh, you got Muller, he's versatile. Hamas, he's versatile. Gnabry and Coleman, versatile. Uh, let's see, who else? If we buy Lucas Hernandez, he would be versatile. You know, these guys can all play in multiple positions. And him being able to even... You know, get the coach's confidence to put him in, you know, um, 
in defensive midfield is great because if we lose Javi Martinez, you know, and and if he's on the bench, we could throw him in. You know, like like I said, I always like to maybe have a tall physical guy. You know, I don't like having too many short players. I like to have a tall physical guy that's not afraid to challenges. You know, it's the backbone of the team of the of the spine of the team too. You know, because you wanna if it's like a late game two two zero ten minutes to go, you could throw on you can throw Pavarum to be a little more. You know, put some stability, um, support the defenders, the back line. So he's great. You know, you could throw him as a center center back. You can start him as a right back if there's an injury, switching, wh- whether you're um, approaching a game with different tactics. So that's great. I like that he's versatile. It's, it's, it's the model right now at Bayern Munich, and it's been a model at Bayern Munich for a while. So based on that, I think I think he's a good signing. I just want him to um, come out of the winter break and, you know, play a little better. I know Stuttgart need to play a little better too, but I don't want him to go into the summer playing terribly. I mean, yeah, that might motivate him better. I mean, he's coming to Bayern Munich, so he should be definitely motivated. He's young. He's 22. But again, I want him to play a little better, like the way he was playing at the World Cup, like the, the way he was playing at... Um, Stuttgart last season so improvement will be better because then we'll see what uh, at his highest he can do um, before he joins in I don't want to go to two years back to see his um, or and a half uh, one year back to see what he's doing because Stuttgart just got into the league so um, they've got that motivation to stay up they've got that motivation to play well to show uh, the top tier that they should be here so um, the second season for Stuttgart, I will be keeping an eye on. I will be keeping on um, Pavar very closely. Um, you know, also the thing is, you know, we have two World Cup winning French players. Uh, we have currently three, world, uh, four currently in the, well, right now we have three, excuse me, excuse me. We have three World uh not World Cup, we have three, I keep messing this up, wow. We have three French players, right? Um, one of them is a World Cup winner. Um, next season, Ribéry will be leaving. Pavar will be joining. So we would have three total French players um, and two of them being a World Cup winner. So, um, you know, it's a funny thing. If Coleman was not injured, he would, be, he would have been on that team and we would have had three of the French uh, World Cup winners on our squad. So it would have been funny. But it shows that this loaded French team. And this is why we're trying to sign Lucas, uh, sign Lucas Hernandez also because... You know, we'll have three of the World Cup team, current World Cup team, uh, three of the players and uh, four French players. So, you know, it'll be easy for them. They'll settle in, um, especially Pavar. You know, he's played in the Bundesliga so well. If we get Lucas Hernandez, um, the, he can he can get like uh, he wouldn't be it wouldn't be an awkward uh, you know fitting because he's moving from Spain to Germany. He's got three other French guys and a bunch of the other players also speak French. So it's perfect. I like this that making a little, you know, group so no one feels left out. And everybody's a big community at the end of the day. So that's good. On the other hand, also, I was thinking, you know, um, we're getting a 22 year old, right? So he's not he's not in his prime. He's nowhere going to be in his prime. Um, you know, usually probably going to be in his prime, like hopefully in a few years. I mean, if it's next season, even great, but usually on average, it doesn't happen until later on for defenders. <coughs> Excuse me. So, you know, just looking back on the 
World Cup for France. You know, he played six games. Um, he had a goal. He had one yellow. And he was averaging about 1.3 aerial duels one, And he was clocking a 7.08. So, not bad for a World Cup. He's playing very good for a World Cup. And his one goal was the goal I was talking about. But, again, you know, he's played... He's played very well for France. You know, he's basically an undisputed starter. Um, the fact that the fact that he's 22 um, might might be troubling for Bayern Munich also because you know now if we sign Lucas Hernandez and if we if we're letting go of both Hummels and uh, Boateng. You know, we're not going to have any experience, you know, tough games away at home, uh, tough games away from home in the European Cup. But it is, you got to stick with it and uh, you got to stick with it. And people, people need to gain experience by playing. And, you know, my, maybe a loss is going to be fitting. You know, the loss we had in, um, the loss we had against Inter in the Champions League final, the players grew, some of the players grew. Um, and then the loss at in 12th uh, in Munich against Chelsea. And that was a tough one. That was a really tough one to take. But the next season, everybody was like, okay, we want we want to go win. And we're hungry. I don't think anybody knew. any Nobody could stop us that season. No team that season could stop us. And I think that's, you know, maybe Pavard. You know, Pavard, you know, he's won the World Cup. He won the Bundesliga too. I think he needs to face some adverse, adversity. And I think he will. If he wants to get in his team, you know, he's going to have to fight for position. So he has to be performing to start. And if he doesn't perform, then um, he's going to be sitting on the bench. And we don't want him to flop. And I don't think he's going to flop because I think he's a smart guy. He's a smart kid. Um, he will he will try to excel in either position because he wants to play. He thinks, you know, you're not going to, no one's, no, no club is going to come pay 35 million euros for you um, being a fullback and a center back um, for you to come sit on the bench. Like, obviously you're going to be given chances and you better take, you better, better take those chances. And, you know, the excuses won't be there for him because, you know, he's played in the Bundesliga. He knows the teams. He's gone both away and home for most of these teams. Um, he's faced a bunch of the strikers, so it's not gonna be it's not gonna be much not much new nothing new for him, you know. So that's probably the greatest um, thing he has to face as far as um, challenges, because he won't he will get the he will get the critics coming for him, and it's gonna be Byron Byron fans too, um, because the fact that he's played in the Bundesliga, the fact that he's won a World Cup, he's always been at a high. Um, he's always, you know, Bundesliga two. He won. He was at a high. The World Cup. He won. He was at a high. So adversity w- will be the first. Uh, the first adversity he will get is probably when he joins the squad and uh, Kovac trains him. Kovac is gonna give him a nice long conditioning because he's gonna expect his defenders to be um, st- uh, quick, smart, and uh, in position at all times and communicating. So. That is gonna that is gonna be his first um, challenge, in my opinion. Just trying to fit in and trying to blend in and get mixed up in the whole um, competition between the positions and the players. And he's got to be performing in training. Training is his uh, best asset right now. If he does well in training, he will start in the likes over. Um, let's say if we like Hummels. Let's say if we still have Hummels, he'll start over Hummels, and then Hummels will have be under pressure and uh, he will have to perform better. 
but everything is uh, everything as of right now that's all premature uh, he's still joining in about uh, six months so everything is premature but as far as uh, Stuttgart and what he did for France and how he's been playing uh, not of recently but you know, um, from what we know, he's been he's been dominating um, quietly. What it seems like, and I don't want to use dominating to think like we signed some uh, spectacular, great World Cup player. No, but we signed a really good player that's 22 and he's won the World Cup and he was part of the World Cup that you know he was one of the focal points because you know he was the one um, not getting caught out in that position. You know, he was the one that was uh, smart enough to. Um, uh, diffuse the situation, diffuse the attackers. You know, he's always um, getting stuck in the, I mean, in the aerial battles, he's always getting stuck in. That's why he's winning so many interceptions. And um, he's smart. He just seems like a, not a physical type. So um, it's not a big problem. Um, usually, I mean, f we've always had tough, strong, um, very tall um, defenders. You know, Matt Hummel's 6'4". Trombo tank 6-4, Nugo Sule is like a tank 6-4, Lucio, um, I could go on and on, but the fact is um, Pavard is more, It's I guess it's a new age center back, you know, he's short, he can pass, he's a little quick, he's not fast, he's quick, um, so I like that, it's a different, different style, you know, we still have Sule, we still have one tank, we're not completely changing the way Bayern Munich is, the identity, um, it's it's been it's been a great day, you know, the signing and all. So I think people people will um, people will like what the sporting director in Brazil and the board is doing. Um, I also feel like this uh, announcement, this transfer, is a good thing because now everybody will know uh, as far as Drumbo Tang and Mats Hummels. You know what? You guys are getting old. You might want to think about different destination because if you want to stay, that's fine and all, but. There's going to be competition, and the competition is in favor right now because you guys have clearly um, fallen a step or two, and that's being nice. You know, Jerome Boateng, he went from... His decline was way too quick for me. His decline was way too quick. Um, that And you see, you know, the Ajax game, giving up the penalty, um, getting get, just stupid challenges. Like, somewhat. sometimes I see him acting like a Davi Luiz, like... He gets pulled out and he make, creates a hole and a player runs in that hole and plays a 1-2 and then it's a goal. And I'm just like, come on, man. You weren't doing this three, four years ago. This wasn't you. And if you were doing that, you would always either get the foul on the player initially or get the ball. But now he seems to be losing those battles more than 50% of the time. So I like this um, early um, transfer announcement from Byron. You know, it, it puts everybody on toe. You know, Matt Tumbles and Botang can tell the team, you know what, um, you know, we're leaving. So, and then, then Bayern Munich can do their business to find a center back. So, that part I like. Get your business done quickly. The player itself that we got, I like. High potential. He's good. He's not like a, a player that hasn't played. You know, he's not like a Callum hudson Adoy. <clears throat> Excuse me, hiccups. Um, you know, he's not like Callum Hasudoy where he's he hasn't he hasn't basically played. We we haven't seen his full raw talent. So he's been a crucial part for two teams, one national, one domestic. And uh I'm happy with the with the with the transfer. Also another thing, thirty five million euros, that is the release clause. It's not a lot of money. Kyle Walker 
went for 50 million euros, something crazy like that. Mendy went for like 40 something. And um, in my opinion, and I mean, Mendy has b- barely played for City. You know, he, Mendy's a good player. But, uh, you know, these uh, these transfer fees are really high. So for us to get a World Cup winner um, for 35 million euros, I'm, I'm very I'm very happy. And you have to realize people might think, you know, it's a lot. It is one one. If you look at it in comparison to other, um, you know, other transfers from like four years ago, maybe from a year ago. OK, but like from like four years ago or something like that. You know, this is a guy that's won the World Cup. So we're buying this guy high um, and he's going to he's going to rise. You know, his market value is still going to rise because you have to realize if he improves, if he improves. Right. Uh, and he turns like, let's say, 25, his contract is running out, for example, and we want to sell him. And uh, people will come with at least 35 million euros and we can still break even. And I'm not saying this as like, oh, we're going to sell him in four and a half years, five years or whatever. I'm just saying, you know, I see a lot of people saying it's a law. And yeah, if you look at it in in retrospect to what um, the past has done uh, as far as transfers uh, in fullback positions or center backs, yeah, it's 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 a little high, you know, um, but it's not something to dwell upon. I mean, this is the market now. Thirty-five million, it's a steal. Kyle Walker went from fifty, and then Mendy went for like forty something. You know, Danilo, Pep, and uh, Man City purchased Danilo for like I think twenty-two or something. Is Danilo better than Pavard? No, and look at how young um, Pavard is. So. I think we did really good on the fee. I mean, it is the release clause. We can't do much about it. That you got to pay the release clause, but the release clause itself is 35 and it looks good on us. We didn't do anything about the money. We didn't negotiate. And it happens to be that maybe we looked at the clause and said, you know, 35 is pretty pretty cheap considering what people are paying around for fullbacks. So 35 million, I like it. He's only going to rise. He's not going to drop his market value. Um those are the positives in my opinion you know there's a lot of positives there's a lot of good signs for the future um it's a lot of good signs for now like i said with the competition of you know there's a player coming in your position that is doing um currently with the history not currently but currently with the history that he has the short-term history he's been doing really well so that i like and um it's been a pretty good day you know uh fire fans have been positive fire fans have been happy um, we want to see a couple more um, signings. Um, a lot of people want to see uh, Lucas Hernandez. Um, if Lucas Hernandez doesn't work out, it is what it is. Um, there's, but again, it's 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 far too early to say that we're not going to get him, even if other teams are involved. In my opinion, other teams were always involved. He might he might have not come out in the media, but you know, if someone is reported 75 million, 80 80 million release clause. Other player, other teams are involved, especially the teams like um, you know the rich clubs like PSG with the oil money, uh, City, um, and then there's always the Uniteds, the Reals, and the Barcelona. So you know other teams were always involved for the Lucas Hernandez, and uh, we do for as of for day as of today, you know the Pavard deal really hyped up the fan base. So I like that. I like that. We're we're feeling a little better, you know, because the whole Callum Hatsoy, uh transfer saga. I don't know if I want to call it a saga, but it feels like, you know, it feels like someone um, 
someone is basically saying, you know, I want to leave. And then someone comes and purchase, wants to purchase that player with a bid. And then the owner basically says no. And then there's a second bid. The club says no. Third bid, club says no. Club says, you know, this is the price we want. And then we match that price. And then they're like, mm, no. Um, not They haven't said no, but like they haven't said yes either. So to me, that's just as good as a no. But I think a couple more transfers. I mean, the earlier we know the transfers, the more settled the players and the fans and the coaches will be, I feel like, in some sense. In another sense, not really. But I hope the board is doing well. They've done a good good um, start. They've gone Pavard. clearly tells me that this was worked on a while ago. And it is what it is. You know, maybe we won't receive one in the January transfer. But the best we can do right now is, um, you know, just praise, um, praise the Brazo, praise the board for uh, making this um, transfer come out in January. And then from now on, let's see what they can do because everyone's hoping for some good players. And, you know, I'm hoping they will get them and I think they will you know I think they will get the players that we and they want so on that guys thank you for uh, listening and tuning in once again um, if you guys any have any comments concerns uh, ideas you guys want to discuss something about football whether it's your team my team um, a transfer anything I'm up for it I'm always up for a discussion when it comes to football you guys can check me out on Twitter um what else? Oh, yeah. Any support on the page, on the Anchor podcast page, any subscriptions, that would be great. It will help me more to, um, you know, to um, make more um, episodes for the podcast. So that would be great. Uh, again, guys, once again, thank you. And more videos are on the way.